just like i think it's interesting it's the, i know and that's what's interesting is people like be hating the whole spot just because what they see because they see some shit and they feel like the politics are steering them in some moral, moral ethical high ground it's like you, oh, wait wait hold on a second somebody said that they like china you know Tire fireball after one bad night fireball. There's, everyone has a bad night on fireball, and it's I don't know why it was ever cool to act like that was okay to drink. Mm-hmm. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, all right, all right, all right. thank you, Will, for, for being <laughs> here today, man. You're welcome. That was a good intro. That was a good uh, intro. So hold on a second. No, tell me about this fucking this. All right. So you're worried about the birth of your child in what way? Like, what yeah. Are we talking all right. About? So let's backdrop a little bit. But yeah, so, yeah. Back so step, back, step. back step. So my, my wife is about five months pregnant. Um, was it July? We're doing November, uh, girl. So happy about all that. Happy about everything about that. I, most people, we were just talking about how like, oh my God, you're having a baby. Everything's going to change and giving you this big, like, oh my God, everything, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, like that comes with this. Like you don't expect like everything's going to be the same. You can wake up when you want to, excuse me. And basically uh, have the eight hour sleep. I'm gonna be getting three, four hours sleep. So I'm gonna be doing the diaper changes, all that stuff. All that is natural. It's not re- reinventing the wheel. It's just smarter toys. <laughs> but the only thing I'm really worried about is just the birth. Um, two, two real reasons. One, I don't. For, my wife's a nurse, so she's all the medical stuff, and I understand how the baby comes out and everything. It's just weird to me because it's. It, and it's a guy thing because it's like yo we don't if Adam actually carried it it wouldn't we wouldn't be here <laughs> but and I, shout out to y'all for doing that but that's one thing and then shout out to y'all for doing that yeah, it's crazy shout, <laughs> shout out for y'all for doing that and number two it's it's actually more serious thank y'all for holding the human race down like that <laughs> strong but uh, the second one's actually true because of the higher. Um, fatality or birth issues with black women in hospitals. Mm. Um, my wife always told me stuff about that. It's been more prominent, and that's why she's like, she is not nervous about that because we were really having deep conversations about that part. But it's like, because she knows the staff, she we, we know where we're going, we're doing all that stuff, and it's great. And her OBGYN is like our former teacher from Richmond, so everything's been like copacetic, like all wheels go. It's just that you never know what happens on that night. Um, what is it particularly about black women that has been don't, it, dying at a faster rate? It, it's like that doctors might not believe them uh, when they say something. It's just I don't know the exact reasoning behind it. But and, and women, I know you when y'all see this, y'all going to send out all the links like y'all do because y'all a one with the duck sauce with that. But it's it, it it's like. The biggest thing my wife brought up to me is like when Serena Williams had her first kid, she had issues with like blood clots and they didn't work during believe her. And she had to get like a second opinion if I know the story is true or her like, um, what's it, not the midwife or her 
um, doula, whoever had to help her out with that. So it's like just the advocation um, for black women, medical care has always been a major thing. I just, for me, it's just, it's never been like new, it's not new to me, but it's just like now it's on the forefront of my mind a little bit. Mm. Okay. But aside from that, yeah. you're fine. Um, aside so, from that, so, I'm gravy. I'm gravy. I'm great. So you just need to get past the birth. <laughs> like, Watch her drop out. We, we good. Watch her drop out. All right. Watch her yeah. drop out and good. But it's it's just I, I keep all positive vibes about it. Like I'm making the playlist for the ne- for the day. And really? Yes, I'm making the playlist for the day. Cause I told my wife, I was like, I'm basically her cheerleader in this aspect. There's okay. nothing like whenever you have a kid, you're basically going to be the cheerleader. It's you're going to shuffle her to the, the appointments. I have no problem with that, by the way. She knows because I'm like, I have. Yeah, a, that that would be crazy. Nah. If I, you were just like, bitch, drive yourself. Like, nah, that <laughs> like, nah, because I want to be a part of that whole process. I'm a, I have crazy. a job that's uh, allowed me to do that. So I'm very blessed with that. But it's also just like making sure everything's good with, with her. If she ever had bad news on that day, I'm mm. right there. Yeah. And we make it a date day. So it's like we everything from that and just. Um, knowing that as a girl, um, having a girl first and just, uh, just having a baby in general has just been overall excitement. Was there any particular motion, emotion that swept over you when you found out it was a girl? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife is pretty funny. Uh, she has to be cause she's dealing with a comedian all the time. Um, so I came home. It was actually kind of funny cause I just got done working with Les Studios. Um, they were at one of their, doing one of their, um, networking events so i was just done working with them for something they're the main people that do my videos so shout out to them um dreams not fame podcast dreams not fame podcast we're gonna get on to that too uh but once i got done with that we had like a forefront plan on how we're gonna attack the summer we're gonna be like all right boom 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 and then when i get home my wife because it's actually true that my bed was broken at the time and she really wanted me to fix it for some freaking reason that night as soon as i got home I'm already like pumped trying to tell her like what's going on with the podcast. And she's like, babe, just go in the bedroom. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And so she had all laid out flowers, everything of like the two sticks and all that stuff. So it was it was pretty good. It was pretty great. Um, it's it's really been a blessing with that. So after that, like she she made it funny, like I actually had to work after coming home like 10 o'clock at night when I'm already like lit. <laughs> so I was like, nah, I'm not having it. Um but nah, it's just the whole process, the whole scene, the baby and um, the different adjustments that we had to make, like stuff like that. It's been it's been really good. Yeah. All right. But you feel good about it. Oh, man, I feel yeah. great. You I, feel, like, you're, you're, you're preparing yourself for everything that's mentally as best as you can. Best, the, the only thing because the only playbook I got is just be better than pops. That's the only playbook. Um, be, better be, than be, pops. be better than pops. Be better than my parents. Um, because you really want just to ha- break generational curses, uh, break the mold, do something different. Um, so that's why it's like when my parents were coming about and, and no, no diss to my dad, but it was like they didn't have the opportunity to like go to all the uh, appointments together because, you know, back 90s and all that stuff, they just weren't really about childcare. They're still not like <laughs> I was just talking to my friend. I was talking to a co-worker. It wasn't about childcare. It's still not, man, because here's the thing. Like I was talking to my co-worker who is in Europe. He lives in Great Britain. And we we're talking about how I'm about to go on leave for like three months. And I have the blessed to to I can do my leave uh, and just have I want. I could do a month, come back, take another month off. I'm blessed with that kind of option. Overseas, the mother can get a whole year off 
for and full pay, and then she gets the option to do a second year off mm. for half pay. Oh. And I'm like, we're we're in two different levels right now. Like that's just too like that that that's crazy. So it's like you got two years. Your boss might not be at the same job uh, by the time you come back and you're coming to a whole new crew. That's gonna be weird. So, um, so it's just getting adjustments to that. Uh, I definitely had to buy that. Ladies, you're gonna know this pillow really well. It's this like U shaped pillow to help her sleep like i bought that <laughs> like maybe three weeks in because she was all like oh man my back and all this i'm like i'm getting you your pillow mm. so you can go to sleep so you can be comfortable so it oh, was does like, this like go underneath her back it's like it's it's like a U, so that she sleeps it on the side here okay. and then goes in between her legs and it helps somehow her oh. sleep with the with the pillow in between the legs part and it just it's comfortable. Yeah, and, someone told me that putting a pillow between your legs straightens your spine. That's somehow. also true. Yeah, that is also true. I heard that from a lot of chiropractors, which I'm seeing mine tomorrow. So yeah, okay. yeah, he's definitely recommending me that too as well. Very nice. Not the pillow that she got, the pillow for them between the legs. Are you are you going to chiropractic surgery for like uh, or chiropractic? Practitioning for like back issues. Yeah, because uh, is it from jujitsu? Jiu- 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I had tweaked my neck and shoulder. Um, and with jujitsu, doing physical sports and all that, you gotta tune up your body every every once in a while. So I do my chiropractor regularly, and it helps out a lot. Plus, I'm work on laptops, so I'm always doing something. So it helps strain out my back a lot and my neck and my shoulder issues and I also go to massage therapist maybe like once every two months should be more but it's just like everything's been reallocating like I said you got it's not about you anymore you got to reallocate funds and make sure this mm-hmm. and the third but um it's so it's just between all of your loves your your comedy your your podcasting mm-hmm. your jujitsu mm-hmm. and you just running around being lit and whatever other ways <laughs> you do what is the first thing that is to go when it comes to reallocation of, of time and effort into the little one. Here's the thing. I actually thought about this two years ago. Okay. Um, I think in our last podcast, we talked about, I think my, well, if this is my, we had medical issues prior to this and all that. Um, so right around 2021, I actually was taking time off jujitsu to be with her a little bit more. And that's how I kind of started doing more podcasting, more uh, comedy, because it was like, all right, she can come out with me to the podcast. She can come out with me to the comedy. So it's like she gets to go out. She gets to have fun. So it's just like we're still bonding, but I'm doing my thing as well, right? Um, so I was already planning two years ago. And I actually kind of planned this all. And it's kind of weird how everything you're like, I'm, I'm trying to get to this point and it's getting to that point. So it's like you, you manifest in the way that it works out perfectly. So to answer that question, I already know jujitsu is probably the – the comps are going to come down. I already know that. I already, she's like, you're not going to be able to do another time in jujitsu. I'm like, I already know. But it's like the first, once you get the baby in a schedule, you're good to go. So I know that's going to come down. Um, comedy and podcasting um, just depends on where we at with the podcasting by that time and see how the baby is. Um, how, how many hours do you feel like you would have to put into jujitsu to weekly in order to compete like what would you feel comfortable with? i don't know about hours but i know about days okay um i do roughly about four or five times a week oh. this week is actually the first week in like six weeks that i haven't trained at all this week okay um i've main, mainly been doing just going to the gym and doing all that but i'm training all weekend and then i won't be training for another four days because i'm or actually three days because i'm going to boston next week that's for work 
Um, and you recently just had a match, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like for that itself, like I found that out in, let's say, what is it? I had that on June, found out mid-March. Um, I was doing maybe five, six days a week, workouts maybe two or three days a day. So that'd be like a, a morning run, afternoon lift, or another run, and then jujitsu afterwards. And that'd be depending on what my schedule was. Mm-hmm. And I might do a heavy day in between. And then, so that whole build of just doing that four or five times uh, a week, three times a day with a kid, that's not going to be feasible when the baby's all that. I already know that. But it's like, yeah. all right, I can't do the two, I can't do the two or three day workouts, but I can get. When it's like when we doing the rotation, like the mom's gonna have it for three hours, I have it for three hours back and forth. Well, one of those three hours, I'm gonna just go to the gym real quick, or go to a close gym nearby that does jujitsu, do jujitsu real quick, mm-hmm. come back and do that. Um, same thing when it's at night. Sometimes if I can get out for three hours, I might have to brag a little bit, maybe get like a six hour shift in. Yeah. Um, but go to a comedy club and do my, my bit and then come immediately right back. Um, <laughs> immediately right immediately back. Right back. Cause it could be a saucy night. I don't want to come home like that. Yeah. Even though I know it's probably going to happen. Um, but it's just like, that's where your time management has to be king. You got to understand where you're shifting your goal of, okay, this creativity path of jujitsu is not going to be feasible if I can't travel the way I want to. Or stuff like that. Like right now, I was really wanting to go to Worlds, which is in August in Vegas. And that's actually next month, like the 19th around this time. I tried to plan for that for January. Found out in February with the kids. It was like, already, we ain't doing Worlds. <laughs> like, like, I already knew. I was like, I ain't going to even bring that up. Like, yeah, oh, you so, didn't even feel like there was any, no, like, you got, no feasible way of putting not, it together. No feasible way. And then you got to understand in certain things like, it, it, it's like I can do it next year probably when the baby's more settled. Yeah, I, I don't want to be the entire time working out, doing all this stuff, and missing time out with my wife in this situation. We're not going on dates. We're not having fun. So it's like jujitsu does take part of that out of here. Of course. With comedy and podcasting, I'm podcasting, I'm probably out maybe three hours max. Hour to get to the place, hour for the interview, hour hangout afterwards, maybe four hours max, and I'm back home, right? Comedy, same thing, four hours max, back home. But I'm not meant, I'm not physically tired. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, I can do more. Um, so it's just like, you got to compartmentalize. Like, you're blessed because of all the energy that you have. You're like, you're in a good place to have a child in that regard. In, in that sure. regard. In that regard. And I won't even say, like, hold on a second. Wait, wait, why just that regard? Why? <laughs> <laughs> hold on. What regard? <laughs> in what regard is it a little shaky? Nah. <laughs> You agreed with that shit immediately. And I was like, yeah, that regard. Regard. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that for sure. No, there's nothing that's disagreeable, bro. But no, nah, it's just like, it's, you realize that I think when, when everything happened in 2021 and with my pops and everything like that, uh, you realize a lot of what you want to do in life and how to go get that in your life. Like some people, it's upgrading jobs. And I did that as well. It's like some things you just want to do. Um, because you want to make your life and the life of your partner better. Mm-hmm. And it's just naturally like that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. what was the cause of your father's My passion? dad had kidney disease. Kidney. So my dad had kidney disease, and eventually he was on dialysis. And then from dialysis, he had uh, thin veins, and eventually came a heart attack. Oh, okay. So it eventually came out like that. But the, the kidneys were 
that is really a sad story. The kidneys was like, he found out maybe two, three years prior. It was always, he had it an entire time and just finally found out, had like two donors, both of them backed out last minute, or it was like he was sick oh and stuff like that. And then he didn't want my sister and I to get tested, even though I think one of us is around the blood type. I'm not hundred percent sure, but cause he didn't want, uh, us to have our lives altered for him. Mm-hmm. So it was just like all that. And he was doing really great. And he didn't, my dad was a worker. I probably get my energy from my pops more than anything else. Like my dad was a worker. He taught me how to work. He taught me worth ethic. So when you put in work, you, you get reward at the end of it. So like my dad taught me that you didn't need a college degree to make six figures doing IT. And unfortunately I didn't learn that until later. I got my associates, but you learn later on, like, all right, I can, I can go easy round, go this way. And he was, uh, always a workaholic. Then he'd be in the office. Even had kidney disease. They told me he can work from home. Told him all that. He was like, nah, I gotta go. I gotta feel that 1960s. Like, just like, I gotta go. Like, you know what I mean? So I, and, and he was all, Hey, th- those are shout out to them niggas back then. Cause they were different type of workers. People yeah. today have no idea. Nah, like, I mean, some people are still working like but, that, but, but my, those are different workers. Now nah, my dad was the ultimate, uh, he's the reason why I wanted to work from home. Cause I saw how my dad worked from home and he would just BS half the time. And I'm like, dad, what are you really doing? Oh, that's <laughs> it's like, what, like, what are you really doing? And then now since I work from home, my wife does the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I can guess. Hey, man. You, you can compartment. You can. If you can do it, just like the life that you're talking about making for yourself, you mm-hmm. can make it so that the relaxing part of it is a part of your job as well. I, yeah. th- I think that that's why Google has done such a great job with mm-hmm. their facility. It's like, yo, listen, if we want you guys to put in the type of hours we're expecting you to mm-hmm. and give the level of service we're expecting you to, we're about to give you here. here here's a gym. Go work out. Here's mm-hmm. a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. Here's a bed. Go mm-hmm. live in your dormitory. Like, whatever the fuck. Like, they just mm-hmm. got shit in there for you. Yeah. That's a dope-ass fucking place. Video games, like, yeah. tennis courts. Also, that shit is awesome. It's, it's awesome until they overpopulated themselves like when that it cut like when everything was silicon valley bank and if you guys not big in the stark market or i'm not please all right so silicon valley bank was one of those tycoon digital uh not not digital bank but it was a bank that basically mostly silicon valley was in mostly all the big tech companies apple google microsoft uh my company uh so on and so forth a lot of these other companies in there so they were, I think it was bare bonds and it was during COVID and then they bought some stuff and then it pan out well and then there was shortage of money. So the FDIC came in and wrapped all that shit up, right? So basically we got everybody's funds out, but since because of that and then there was no growth and, and this is when really uh, you start learning politics, guys. There was no growth. There was always this de- deficit and because no one was really spending um, after COVID everybody started getting cut and it was mostly like the big, once the big companies got started cutting then it was starting the little companies start getting cut. And those companies, you get service package in those situations, which is great. But people, they oversaturated with the jobs they need because of COVID. And then once there, there was a dial back and not gaining uh, the subscriptions that they needed uh, and so forth, everything started crashing down. And it's no coincidence that it's happening in different sectors of, of life itself. Right now is the whole actors, uh, uh SAG and, uh, 
writers and all that stuff, which I'm not part of or anything like that. But it's just like in that space, I see where people are getting upset about that. So it's just like you got that going on, people not getting paid and so forth. So it's like it's a whole it's just when money and economics get in the mix, it's really uh, it shit rolls downhill. Yeah, it is weird. And there are I've been listening to this audiobook called Bullshit Jobs. It's great for mm-hmm. audio book. <laughs> But it just really talks about all the jobs out there that just they were made for some stupid ass reason, like someone needed little cronies underneath them in order for their business to look like an actual business or be to respect it as such. Yeah. Or, you know, just to be like a paper pusher, just to give it could be uh, nepotism just to give like your fucking nephew a job or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. There's so many reasons why completely unnecessary jobs are made. Mm-hmm. It's wild f- to listen to this guy go through all the different ways that people feel like if their job was eradicated from the world, there would be no change at all. Mm-hmm. Like they just have one of those jobs. They're just like a floater. They just kind of facilitate bullshit that's never checked over. They write a bunch of uh, plans and uh, like uh, fucking review reports and stuff like that. And no one's ever looking at them. They're mm-hmm. just there. They're just like, there are a lot of people that just have jobs. And then, so when that crisis does happen, there's just a ton of people that just, just didn't cut that didn't need to, because they didn't have a job in the first place. There was a, there's so many people that just have jobs that are not actual jobs. It's really, really weird. And a lot of it's in like the corporate sector. A corporate sector, especially like I've realized, I've seen so many fucking job openings just like ha- like be created, just just created. Oh, the, oh, the, and then the, you the, learn about the why jobs. they were created. The ghost job. See, that's what I'm talking about. Just <laughs> this is just like a job, maybe to get someone out of the way because it's maybe difficult to fire someone. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons. Why this fucking book is just my, I've been had my mind blown <laughs> about all the different types of jobs that are so unnecessary and mm-hmm. people find themselves in and like feeling like their souls being sucked out of them. And I've had jobs like that. I've had paper pressure jobs like that that could have been way more automated um, if they spent it. Honestly, AI would probably take that job like uh, renewing uh, insurance policies that can be really AI oriented. Mm-hmm. That job's going to be wiped out soon. Uh, some of the stuff I do as a support engineer for my job, that stuff probably gonna be wiped out soon unless I know anything else. Like, if the situation is broken, like AI is can, it's great, but it's also like I, I also have a big tinfoil hat on a lot of shit. So oh, it's just like okay. one of those things. Like, uh, you like, think there's yeah, much much deeper, darker it, it, links it, happening. I mean, that's amongst stuff, us. I mean, there's stuff that goes bump in the night. There's no there's such thing as a dark web. So it's just like, it's just certain stuff like that, that when I really think about when I started getting IT, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. And then when I started knowing about certain things and certain hacks and like most of our government infrastructure is still built out from the old school, like eighties, nineties computers. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense of why they get hacked a lot. Cause it's just like, you put in a bandaid over the situation. You want to upgrade the whole thing. Cause it's going to cost you a lot, but you still pay for stuff that's not necessary. I can go different ways, bro. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Yeah, see, that's a that's a that's a very deep dark thing to like be a hacker or know how to hack or know enough about IT to just get. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you should the, the things that you've seen 
probably well, I'm certain would would surprise a lot of people. But what? just going to that dark side of the web, like what the fuck is going on over so there? So I had a professor who was a DOD uh, engineer. All right, I forget, but like I think one one of the best professors I ever fucking had. Dude wrote me a great recommendation for a job. I was like, I'm never going fucking government, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't be able to do the stuff I'm doing now. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember he was teaching us one thing about there's just digital forensics and how to go through files. And he was like, and we asked him one day, how do you do this? We're a very secure thing with their laptop. Cause we just like we knew he was a hacker. He he said he had things of a hacker, and he was like, "All right, well, we're gonna set this internet. We set up a whole firewall, set up a whole internet connection, had on a separate computer, whole nine fucking yards, and we rip, seen rip through it in five minutes. Like with some of the people that were top notch builders, and I wasn't one of them. Like I was just watching. And I'm like, okay. Like, mm. like, all right, there's a, there's some, there's some ninjas out there that can really like cut up some stuff. Like, it's really, it's really yeah, insane. As, you, as you're watching them go through firewalls and all this extra shit, can you do you even understand it? Like, it's a language. So everyone has a language, or it's like if you know Active Directory, you know how to access, or just anything in general. Depending on how he was hacking it, it was so long ago. Cause I think he was using. The OS system that I was like very, very familiar with. He wasn't using like nothing like Linux. He, I think he was using like a hack. There's different hacker, uh, what's it called applications that you can use to help and dig through some stuff. Like I've done something. There's nothing like secret. Like you can use Black Arc. You can use Parrot OS, which is my favorite. Haven't used that in years. Um, there's other stuff that you can do when you get through that. So when he was going through it, like, yeah, because we we had to leave like one backdoor entry open. We had to like pick a not a common like we had to do like so the way he, we he found the password. We had to do one of those, uh, you know those like letter things. You gotta match them all up in like a it's like these six rows of different letters. I forget what it's called. Like a, a crossword, crossword puzzle. Yeah, 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 one of those. So we had to do a crossword puzzle, and we were just like three or four words that is spelled out. So he figured that out because um, we gave him hints. Because it was just use a crossword puzzle, give him three hints of like what this word can be combined and stuff. Once he got that, then he was like, all right, cool. He did it through some back wall that way. And then when the second time he did it, he was like, he didn't know any passwords whatsoever. And then he cracked that. Maybe he cracked the one with the password like five minutes. So that shows you like when your email gets uh, dark webbed, if you get those like things on Experian or your password might be like used. Just like, all right, so this is like what happens when the password, they know the full password and they have the whole access. Second time we did was when it was locked and he took like maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> Being in those rooms are very interesting, but I don't, I do not do that type of stuff, but I do. Do, do you do preventative maintenance at your home? Yes. Um, the funny thing I had now, so. You know the Hawaii or Hawaii phone, the Chinese phone? No. Uh, oh, wait, no, I have the, the, the thing they have the big conspiracy about it, about like China and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, because I had to do the Wi Fi yesterday at my, my mother in law's house, and that was crazy. But he has one of those phones. And my first thing was, like, if I give him this Wi Fi real quick, how fast all this stuff's going to go back? So it's like, but not like. Man, it. it <clears throat> I feel like people say China a lot these days. Everybody says China, Russia. Uh, I think everybody says Russia because Russia did hack us. Um, 
because of that whole event that we're still talking about to this day. Um, but the one thing I, I just I can't mm-hmm. rem- the thing is that I don't remember the last time I was talking to someone and they were just like, man, China's great, man. I see. Here's the thing with China. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like when's I, the last time you heard that, man? Like, China's awesome, man. I fucking love China. Who's, who's nah. the last person you heard say that? Actually, my brother-in-law, because he went and visited China. See, I'm <laughs> saying if you go over there, probably a nice time. Nah, because like. I, I, and here's the thing is like it's just politics because if you go to Russia it's probably not gonna be, it's you don't want to say you're American but you can probably be be alright I like, think I think they're gonna know do you know what's the funniest thing I well not funny but the one thing I always found interesting so like when they had this stuff with like uh, the removal of United States uh, soldiers and stuff like that from Iraq or whatever and how much personnel we had over there or it was like some other place that was like Ukraine and how many people we have over there I was like why do we have like 25,000 people just randomly in Ukraine like that oh is that what it is no I was just that's just oh. the number I'm throwing out I don't right, know if that's right. record or anything <laughs> like that but it's just yes. like why do we have that so many people over here for some reason like those it's just weird stuff I think government's weird but like the places are normal like if you go like this whole this whole stuff is just like I think it's interesting. It's the, I know, and that's what's interesting is people like be hating the whole spot just because what they see because they see some shit and they feel like the politics are steering them in some moral, moral, ethical high ground. It's like you wait, wait, hold on a second. Somebody said that they like China. Goddamn it! Somebody <laughs> like some. I just need everything in my house is made from China. <laughs> yeah, like I just need to hear some love. That's all I'm saying. Nah, it's just like I think whatever- because it's the vibe. I don't. I don't. People are not one knowledgeable about really what's going on, right? So yeah. I just I need to hear the vibe lighten up. I just need yeah. to hear a bit of levity. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's always something. Spinning the news, like I think everybody with the meme on Black Twitter right now is Canada, um, and that smoke for the last like three oh, weeks and all man. that stuff. Uh, it's like Canada acting up and all that, and then like all that politics stuff, and it's just like, like to be honest, like th- you just sh- need to worry about your child. I'm not even like you I know? do. You know, this is what happens when you work from home all day. You just watch stuff. And do you worry at all about local politics? You know what the only thing I really worried about locally or nationally, really? Because I don't really care about this whole stuff with Russia and all that stuff. I think it's all that. It's kind of funny. I worry about education the most. Um, I think the the weirder stuff of what they're trying to take out of school is very interesting and in why and how they're doing it. <laughs> um, especially when it comes to black history, especially when it comes to African-American history. I have um, a, a homie that's leaving Florida for this exact reason. Like, mm-hmm. He's just like, dude, it's not safe here for us. No. Like, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, like Miami, uh, Little Havana, yeah, we, we, we good. We good with all the people in there. Maybe Fort Lauderdale, uh, but other than that, nah, don't go to Florida, man. <laughs> Do not go to Florida. I actually, like, so it's just like education for me is a big thing um i don't think virginia is that bad in education i think the uh, it just depends on where we land and where we go after this because again that's depending on how all this other stuff going on you never realize what you care about until you're like oh shit i got a kid coming in like five months (laughs) Mm. um so like uh, so has education newly been on your mind education's newly been on my mind the biggest one has to be uh uh, housing 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 prices 
um, why they got raised, how they got raised. Um, <laughs> why are these prices like this? Uh, yeah. So, and now, back and forth. I'm not a political guy, people, or talking about these prices and shit, because honestly, I, all out here is just cap. It's just real cap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you are soon to be fathers. So. Soon to be fathers. So you're like, you count your pennies, you count your dimes, right? So I used to live in Alexandria, and everything got skyrocketed up like 10, 20% because Amazon HQ came in. And then when all those people coming in, the other thing that was going on is corporations buying houses for their people and having them live in there and all that stuff. So that kind of raised everything from everything South. Like even like- Where the fuck is Amazon HQ at? Arlington. Oh. Yeah. So they're HQ too, whatever. And- with everything going like everything, Alexandria was probably now in the twenty two fives, and even before that, like housing and out that way in Fairfax and all that way up north was like already like six seven uh, hundred thousand for a house, like for a house, five hundred k for a townhome. I'm like, why is a townhome five hundred k? And then I'm looking at Georgia, unfortunately, and then Texas. And these houses are three bedroom, three bath, townhomes, twelve hundred dollar rent. I'm over here like, hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, do I want to sacrifice black history for this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we, well, what, what do you want to sacrifice we, for black history? Well, you don't have to sacrifice it. I mean, like, first of all, first of all, how much was being taught in school to begin with? Let's be honest. Let's be real about <laughs> so that. We, okay, we, we start there because uh, you know we didn't never learn about Huey Newton in school. I didn't learn about all sorts of people in school, but you can also, I mean, you know, education starts at home. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandma, she was Sister Hooks mm-hmm. was just one of the matriarchs of the church, mm-hmm. right? So she. I mean, she wasn't no fucking teacher, and she didn't need to be either because those kids, she would end up hitting a kid. Mm-hmm. But she came, and she wanted every one of them children to know about black history. Mm-hmm. So she was just one of those sources of education mm-hmm. in, in the community, and she mm-hmm. did that in two different churches that she went through. Nice. So I feel like, <clears throat> yeah, no, you, listen, of course we want stories to be told and we want history to be, you know, divulged in history class, right, in the schools. Facts. Um, And, of course, it also just sends a a terrible message as to why things are being... I haven't kept up with critical race theory and and what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck that is, to be honest with you. (laughs) I really don't know what the fuck that is. I know that there have been, you know, literature written on it um, and that it's just another one of these things that people are fighting about, especially when Deep it comes thinkers. to education and, and the children. And <clears throat> I've heard things on one end where in practice, there have been segregation of children in classrooms. And they're just like, you guys sit over here and you guys sit over here. And this group is better and that group is better. Yeah, that exactly. Kind of and, we'll, and we'll see how, you know, how, how that feels and why it was this way and mm. all this sort of stuff. And, you know, little white children coming home with tears in their eyes. Like, am I am I a bad? Am I an oppressor mom? And th- th- that conversation. So uh, I hear that side of it. Mm. And then I hear another side where it's more benign than that. And it's it's not really just trying to tell white people that they're the devil, right? And that all black kids will never be able to amount to what a white kid can do because you've had, because you've been shackled. Mm. You've been, you've been, 
held back in the race too long to ever actually have a chance at catching up in your lifetime, Mm -hmm. right? Like without, so there's, there's a couple different ways that I'm hearing this is being taught or not being taught and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I clearly don't want young black children to think Mm -hmm. that that's the case. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To grow up feeling like you're just, you got your hands tied behind your back, Mm -hmm. but go out there and try to have a good time anyway. Um, now, again, I don't know if that's what's being taught, but if that's the case, I, I would not like that to be taught is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't like for little white children to be taught that they're all the devil and that, you know, they still have to pay for the sins of whomever came before yeah. them, you know, four generations ago. <clears throat> like, I, you know, I don't want that to be the case either. But it's mm-hmm. just it's a weird it's, it's a weird vibe. it's a weird thing because then then people also just want to take away like history, like history notes. And I'm like, why? Wait, why? what is like that? What is that about? Look, I've learned about the Civil War from sixth grade to 12th grade. Same facts the entire time because we live in Virginia. As the proudest thing in Virginia may know is the Civil War. Um, we're both from the same place in Virginia. You know how they feel about them battlefields. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be real, be honest. My second thing if people care about the critical race theory, that much here's my solution build out better black schools build up build up build out build up better black schools because you're not disenfranchising a group of like say you we live i lived in birds you lived in burbs we had decent high schools all that stuff right sometimes these inner city schools want to have funding and all that and they get the crappy hand over textbooks and all that stuff we're not saying that or not we, that this is not a we conversation. Um, it's just saying that, hey, like we're thinking about the education for the future. Why is it, why is it uh, a school has to go through hoops to get better books when you, the key thing about everything is about having the children have a better education? That's the only thing. That's what bothers me um, more, more than anything. Um, the critical race theory is just like something I'm just like, it's so lost in the sauce about so many things. Like, like you said, I'm, yeah. I'm lost in that as well. Um, I have such a fucking deep respect for pe- for professionals in just low budget areas. Like I got a friend who's gonna come on tomorrow. That's a, a doctor in in Bed-Stuy and that shit's not tight. That shit is not fun, right? Like to you be a, homicides probably all the time. To be one of those teachers in one of these, because that's another thing. Is like we're talking about the the actual and teachers books don't get paid enough. That, the books and stuff that we're getting, but. Like to have to go to these places where you know, you know, because you're an adult, mm-hmm. you know that this shit is fucked up and you're in here and but you got to make magic happen with terrible resources. Right. But you have to somehow try to get these kids to want to learn, bro. Oh, my God. That shit cannot always be fun. No, it's, it's As it cannot always be fun. My, my, my wife used to, she used to go to VCU. She was in the VCU hospital, worked there and she had classes in there a little bit. And she, you see, you see some things and it's not always, and here's the thing, they teach you to be the perfect nurse, perfect doctor, but then you got these bigger institutions of medical, like Inova or stuff like that. And they have their own set of rules about how they handle stuff. And it's not always up to the T of what you're taught. So you're just yeah. like, okay, like how do I do some hand time behind my back? And having that situation and oh, bro. Dude, the feeling of being at your job and having 
like understanding what your job is, right? It'd be mm-hmm. different if like you didn't understand what the fuck it was because then at that point you're ignorant. Yeah. But when you know what your job description is and what your set of tasks are, but the structure in which it's set in holds you back from being able to do the things, that shit is crazy. That sounds like a social worker, to be oh, honest. Oh my god. That gosh. sounds like that sounds like a social worker because like I, the, the strength of these people. To just be like, fuck it. I mean, so I got like, if we don't do it, then it's just not getting done at all. Mm-hmm. So I guess we just got to fight mm-hmm. and just keep pushing this boulder up this mountain. Dude, I have a friend in Georgia. It's actually one of the places I want to go to. Whitney Gilliard. She runs the Gilliard uh, Foster Co. of Gilliard Company and Foster. I forget. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering the name right now. <laughs> But because um, it's been it's but been Gilford's a, a part yeah, of it. G- G- Gillard, 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 Gillard. Actually, hold on. Let me make sure. <laughs> Give me a second, guys. This is about to be called like Winston. No, 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 no. It's not Winston. Don't don't cap on that. Please don't cap on that. Um, Give me a second because I want I want to yeah, make sure she gets gets the love that she does. Yeah, because she is she's one. Of, should get this one right. Yeah. Give me a second. Yeah, Gilliard and Company. All right, so Gilliard and Company. Gilliard and Company. She runs a. It's basically a foster care company for teens that are over the age of eighteen that get aged out of the process. Oh. And she takes these kids in, get them an apartment, try to get them into school, get them a job at a certain local restaurant and stuff and so forth. Get donors, and I, she is a trailblazer, hardest worker in the fucking room, hands down, and. Like her, we're great friends. Uh, even though I said it like that, it's great friends. Like her, her son, my nephew, uh, Amen. God bless. He's dude, crazy kid. Love him to death. But it's like she has such a heart of gold in dealing with that process and seeing how because she's a foster care child, so mm. she's going through that process and also finding your demons at the same time and overcoming that and trying to bring a light to some of these kids and have success stories. And sometimes you're not going to have success stories, but you're still pushing that rock every single day. So I've seen that firsthand and that's, and it's crazy, man. It's really yeah. crazy out here. Well, man, a sense of community is, is one of these things where I'm certain you're thinking, you're thinking about it now and you will be thinking about it more becoming a father yeah. and exactly like what community means, like who's around here, how do we interact with these people around here? Yeah. Um, and I had this moment the other day mm-hmm. where I walked in the building and downstairs on the first level, you had seen like there were two women talking to someone at the door. The person, by the way, at the door really was not trying to talk to these motherfuckers because they did the thing where they like just cracked the door and put their poke their head out. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people did not give a fuck. They were still sitting there talking to this person. Mm. And they looked back when I walked in the door and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, get a quick little wave. And I walked up and I was like, OK, like they're definitely going to come up like they're knocking on doors. Now, I, I couldn't say exactly what it is, but by their garb, I'd say it had something to do with Jesus. Oh, Jehovah was in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this sounds... Better. Jehovah fit, visited me two days ago, bro. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, never mind, because then my lady came home and she said that she did see the tag, and it most certainly was Jehovah's Witness. Mm, you're right, you're right. Mm, all right. Um, but I came in and she came in shortly afterwards and uh, I was like, hey, did you see the, the chicks coming upstairs? She was like, yeah. Uh, and then we started talking about something. Then the knock came at the door. You know, like, and she was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> because maybe my face didn't say the same that she was thinking. So she just, I guess she needed to verbalize like, Hey, by the way, no, like we're not, don't open the door. And I was like, you know what? As they continued to knock on the door while we're talking, I'm like, cause they can hear us talking. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like, I'm having a moment right now. One, because I was on shrooms, and I'm like, hey, man, that's a perfect trip. And then Jehovah shows to the door. <laughs> and I'm like, because I feel the same way you do, or mm-hmm. initially, at least I did. Mm-hmm. But I thought, why the fuck do we do this? Like, why do we have this natural inclination to when two other human beings from our community knock on the door, we're just like, nope, don't open that. Sh- hey, don't even walk. Hey, sh- hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Cut the music off. Cut the, like, you just don't want to even bother. And I was like, if I wanted to follow the famous lines of Michael Jackson, right, I would, I would be the man mm-hmm. that, I, that I, I would be the change I wanted to see, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. would look at the man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I would want to live in a place where people could knock on one another's doors. Mm-hmm. And feel okay when the person opened up the door and just had a discussion about whatever it was that they had to bring their door. I don't have to have, I'm not going to go to war with you about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about trying to convert you out of Jehovah's Witnessism, right? Like, I, none of that. But I was like, damn, if they hadn't walked away when they did, mm-hmm. I would have went and opened up the door. I would have went and at least give them some water because it's j- hot. <laughs> See, but that's what I'm talking. See, like, even just a glass. Hey, can I get y'all? Gla- hey, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear that shit y'all talking about. But I'm gonna just get you a glass of water because it's hot outside. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I really would just do that. Cause I'm like, cause we had some yard guy come to our place. But I'm gonna let you finish. But yeah, like just give him water. I'm like, hey man, I'm not doing it. But hey, here you go. Like, I linked this back to this time where someone from HBO had called me and I was in front of a couple of friends. Mm. And, or not HBO, someone from like Fios or Rods and whatever the fuck I had at the time because they were trying to get me to up my package. Okay. Right? I thought you were about to flex real quick. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not on any, I'm not on speaking terms with any execs from HBO. Ah, no, 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 no. man. But, so someone from Verizon called me trying to, you know, yeah, get, yeah. upsell me some fucking bundle package that I don't need because mm-hmm. I don't watch cable television. Mm-hmm. And But as the, as the young lady's talking to me, I just find myself having a conversation with her. And I'm just like, you know, what, what's going on with you? And she's like, oh, it's a great day at work. And I'm, she's like, is there any way you would like to, you know, upgrade your package? And I'm like, no, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really use, I don't sit in front of the TV. I don't. Like, I, I watched Game of Thrones at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I watched Game of Thrones. Do you watch Game of Thrones? We started talking about Game of Thrones. She's like, oh, yeah, I watch Game of Thrones. We just start having a little conversation about that. And I'm like, yeah, so I really appreciate the call. But, you know, outside of that, I'm, I'm you know, you, you, the services that you guys provide for me right now are absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. And that was it. And it was a great phone call. I'm certain it was a great phone call on her side. It was great on mine. Mm-hmm. But the people that were sitting next to me were like, look at this fucking guy. Hmm. Right. Was just able to when you think telemarketer, you're like, oh, get the fuck. Like, come on, leave me alone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but I just thought. Wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where, you, where that wasn't your instinct, at yeah. least? And so, next person that comes and knocks on my door, I'm going to answer the fucking nah, door. Nah, but I get it, because when they sometimes call you, or whoever, the, the bill collector, whatever, like, I, I mean, I try to be personal as much as I can, because you never know, like, hey, like, you, your bank call you about something, about some charges, and you're like, hey, like, and you're trying to have a conversation, because you're like, I really wish you can kind of grease this through a little bit. 
Like some look, sometimes they bless you. <clears throat> they bless dude, you, dude. Being a decent human being can bless you in oh, a lot of ways, bro. You don't have to be phenomenal. No, like, you don't have to be exemplary. Just be polite. Just, <laughs> just be nice. How you know how long? You know how great it feels when you say, "Hey, how's you? like they waiting for something to come back? Like, hey, how's your day going? Hey, any good calls today? Right. And has it been long for you? Right. Waiting for the weekend? What you got planned for the weekend? Right, right. Oh, where are you seeing family? That's cool. I'm about to go to the game this weekend, seeing baseball and, and all this stuff. And you have that nice little two, three personal conversation. Yeah. And you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna escalate this up for you, but hey, I'm gonna give you to my girl Tina. She gonna get get you right. <laughs> That's and you're like, all right, cool. Hey, do you have a survey? Yes, I have a survey. Please. Send that my hey, way, for and sure. boom, boom, you get. I scratch my, my, you scratch my back. I scratch yours, oh, yeah. and we, I'm off to Tina to get my bill down. Yeah. So it's like it's perfect. Yeah. See, man. See yeah. that that was that was beautifully said because that's just like a broken down way of like what being nice can get you if you what <laughs> what can do you know. But now now here's the flip side of that, and this mm. this fucking unfortunately sucks mm. because I had an intern at the resort I work at ask me this question. Mm-hmm. She's like, Earl, it, it seems like, you know, how do, how do you draw the line for when guests are being super rude and aggressive, right? But they're, but they're asking for things. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, and, and I understood the question she was trying to ask me, right? Because it's a weird one when you get in like high customer service. I mean, I was going to say Richard Pryor Coke and a smile, but like you, it's more like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in this business, a lot of the people that get things given to them are the people that are kicking and screaming and shouting and acting like a bitch. Mm-hmm. It, you know, now, personally, I, I am the type of person where I do like to go way out of my way for someone that's just like a very, very nice person. Like it just I want to do it. Yeah. Like the shit, like I want to do this person a service. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel about good people around yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. I sent my I sent my friend a, a bike the mm-hmm. other day. Mm. Yeah, because he's been talking about getting a bike um, for, I don't know, maybe two years now. Maybe. Mm. And he just would never put the money down to get the bike. But he's a great guy. Mm. And I love him. And he deserves to get a bike. Mm. But fucking send him a bike. And it made me feel great inside when he called me with a confused face. And it was like, you send something to my house? And I was like, yeah, fucking send something to your house. Nice, bro. Yeah, man. It, like, it feels good to, to mm-hmm. practice that. Mm-hmm. And it is a practice, too, because I can't just leave it to the strength of me to be this type of person. But like, I, I practice being a nice person with people. It's fucking fun. Yeah. It's a fun thing. Your life just like, gets better. Exponentially, mm-hmm. it, it helps. It also helps that you have a background being a server, just like myself. So you mm. you can filter the bullshit and just be like, "I right, sir, I can help you out real quick." Um, I, I wanna. I know we have a. We, we gotta cut out. Oh no, you? we we good. We are good. We got ten minutes. <laughs> 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 we are good. We got ten minutes. I we're, we're good because I wanna. I wanna end it here. I know that this is a weird place to end it. Yeah, but because you and I worked at a, the same sports bar. Yes, and I've heard about this not from another sports bar per se, but just another not necessarily high end, you know, restaurant. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do women shit in bathrooms on the floor often? I actually 
because it's about be my 10 years in two years from being away from said, said restaurants. Um, I never understood why male and female. Well, yeah, for sure. Shit in the back. It just, I just ran across it more in women's rooms. I never understood why men in the urinals would bleed toilet paper in the urinal. Like that. Oh, the, just in the urinal. Yeah, oh, yeah, what you, is that about? I have no fucking paper clue. towel. Paper in the towel. Urinal. Paper towel in the urinal. <laughs> I, 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 I put it on. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why restaurant bathrooms so disgusting? Like, the club is better. The hell, the strip club bathroom is better. Hmm. I played the fifth on the strip club, by the way. Yeah, but. I was about to say, I don't know which one. Uh, yeah, because I don't know how many strip club bathrooms I found myself in. So <laughs> I, I don't know if like my reference points are going to be that deep. Um, but not like every major restaurant. Not even major. Most restaurants I've been to within the area that we live have some of the most grimiest restrooms I've ever seen. Some, when... Like, when your house is dirty, mm-hmm. you're much... Oh, this is a better one. Like, when you get a new car and the new car is clean and you yep. try your very best to keep that shit clean for as long as possible. Yep. And then the first time, you just, like, leave a backpack or some shit in the back. For some reason now, it's just open season and shit just starts finding itself everywhere and there are candy wrappers and cups and shit in the back. Right? I think that that just sort of happens for, for everybody. This comes like, a certain point of fuck it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a certain point of fuck it in yeah, the system. Yeah, where people are just like, you know what? I think I'm just kind of like, let it rock. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> like, I, I I never understood why. Like, I, what, what, what I'm saying is, like, when you're, <clears throat> like, you've been to different Walmarts. Yes. Walmarts in nice places are very, very different than Walmarts in not nice places. In the places in not nice places, you you can see the people in there. They will grab something, mm-hmm. and then if they don't want any more, they'll just they'll throw a box of Fruit Loops next to the mangoes or some shit like that. Like nigga, this is not supposed to be over here next to the produce. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people just start throwing shit all around the place because they feel like the place that they're in is already shitty. Yeah. So it doesn't fucking matter. But yeah. I think when you go to nicer places, it's not just because the cleaning staff is better. Is it mostly because people like to keep nice things nice? Yeah, and I think that man that the the restaurant thing took me back with the bathrooms. I was like, oh, I I I had a friend that worked at Carabas. It was just like, yeah, there would just be just shit in the women's bathroom, like numerous times there would just be a load of shit just on the ground in the middle of the floor. And I remember that working at Buffalo Wild Wings that there would just be shit in the middle of the floor sometimes. I'm like, what is happening? I don't understand what this is about. I, I don't get. I don't get how you're like. I. I not, the p- thing that pissed me off is like you. You didn't even flush. You didn't even. You didn't even go to the toilet. You didn't even make it into the toilet. It would. Oh man. Like I don't understand it. I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings overall in the back of the house was kind of nasty. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's just Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, I mean, what do you? I mean, what, do you what do you expect? Yeah, bro. When you go out to eat, you're not supposed to think about things like that. No, you're not. You can't. No, you can't. Shit, I remember when that shit before you got there. I remember there was a big. We used to party on Friday. We used to party on clock on Fridays. We used to have a bottle on clock on Fridays, and me and my boy tried. We were good with it 
And then everybody else kind of hopped on the ride. Oh yeah, you told me you guys yeah. end up getting caught, and that's when you got fired, right? No, I didn't get fired. Oh, I oh that wasn't that was another yeah, that was a that separate was a, incident. That was a separate incident when they were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna put you in your section." I was like, "Fuck that!" Went to uh, Glory Days, went to uh, Arundel Mills, lost all my money, and we were good. But that was wild. Yeah, that was a wild night. God damn, I miss those days. Uh, but not because they're server days. Those server parties were crazy. Yeah, I'm certain of it because it was a bunch of fucking degenerates, man. <laughs> it Are was you just kidding a day, me? Bro. Server life back then. <sighs> It's nasty. It's bad. It was very it's bad. It's nasty. Yeah, I had, but, to, I had to jump out. Oh man, like when I, I, dip, got, I dipped my toes in the water. Like when when you got in and you got in, you're like good. But then when you start seeing like, I remember my last spot. I saw this forty year old man go off. And I just saw my. I I said this in the last one. I said, I saw this old man go off, and I was like, I need to get out. Where go off? Like go like just snapped. Oh, yeah. And I was like. Oh, he been here. He he been here too long. Oh yeah, he been in the game too he, long. Yeah, he's in limbo. He he in limbo. I was yeah. like, I right, we 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 see this. Oh, yeah, we we got no. it. Was it was one of those things? I was like, I signed up for classes. I think the next day. Oh. <laughs> I was like, nah. I saw that. I had, I was like, all right, we getting out. <laughs> this nigga got scared into an education. <laughs> I got scared. <laughs> yeah, oh. but yeah, it basically scared me into education. But yeah, like Buffalo Wild Wings will always remain one of the trashiest best wing spots ever. Say something sweet in case your uh, your daughter ever oh, listens to this. My. <sighs> Baby girl, I'm gonna be honest with you. When we when when you eventually get old enough to watch like Bad Boys Two, or actually what Den of Thieves, I'm just gonna tell you that Den of Thieves scene when you see Fifty Cent bring your, your um, date to the garage. It's gonna happen. I'm sorry. I'm just, oh, I'm just wow. I'm so sorry. That's so funny because I don't know if I saw Dinner Thieves, but oh I know God. exactly the scene it, you're it, talking about. It, it got memefied. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I definitely, nah, I definitely but, saw it. Uh, yeah, but my, uh, your mom and I love you. Uh, shoot. This, actually, I've been doing this a lot during my podcast too because it's just like starting to realize, like, oh, yeah, she's gonna probably watch some of my shows, like seeing that and all that stuff. So it's just like, yeah, but yeah, baby girl. Uh, you're going to be the apple of our eye for, for a while, for a long, long time. So, yeah, we're excited to meet you. All right, man. I appreciate you coming by, sweeping by with a little bit of time you had. Ah, thanks, Go brother. Enjoy yourself. Thank you, bro. Peace, everybody. Thank you for Peace. listening.